All right, so we are Jake and Patrick. We're here for the fourth episode of Blindsided. Hello. Once again, thank you to Content Pending Studios for producing our um, our beautiful piece of art. Absolutely. That they've made beautiful because yes. Uh, well, it's us. So yeah, they 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 did a lot of work, and you should be happy about that. You should be. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. So. <clears throat> Tonight, we have uh, something a little different for you. Uh, we want to talk about Braille and a bit of the history of it and kind of uh, the state that Braille is in now, currently in our society, especially in the blind culture and, and, and society in general. Um, you know, there's a lot about the Americans with Disabilities Act that has made Braille and other, as well as other accommodations for disabled people, you know, to be a part of uh America as we know it. I mean, let's talk about the places where we, where we find accommodations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, first of all, like environmental accommodations, like Patrick, let's, like ramps, right? Mm-hmm. Restaurants. Ramps, yeah. Um, accessible chairs and. Uh, mm-hmm. Accessible men's and women's room with the uh, the, the signs that say mm-hmm. men, women, so that you know, signs, we don't yeah. have any mm-hmm. issues. Uh, also, you know, like certain like lifts in certain buildings and. Mm-hmm. Um, as you walk around certain ramps and uh, that slope down uh, for street crossings instead of like just big drop offs, you know, it's for wheelchair people, for blind people. It's, it's all kinds of people that need them. So, yeah, they call them curb cuts. Curb cuts. Well, yeah. there's, a, there's a bunch of names uh, truncated mm. domes, mm. curb cuts. There's like all kinds of stuff. I know, I know. It's silly. But yeah, <laughs> so, you know, the ADA, of course, covers a bit of everything. Yes. Um, so. Uh, it was released in early 1990 is when the uh, the ADA first came. First full, was a full circle. First, full circle, yes. Because there were things that already came out in the 70s about it, but mostly like when it's when its big product came out, it was in 1990. Yeah. So, but yeah, so one of those things that was incorporated into it was the use of Braille in various things like like bathroom signs, uh, ATM machines. Um, the drive-up ones are a little weird. It's kind of like, well, if we could drive up to them, we probably wouldn't need them. I don't know, but yeah, that's a little goofed. I want to um, say it's probably yeah. the people that are in the back seat. Okay, yeah, I never thought about that. I, I mean, just thought maybe some passengers is reaching across his uh, tolerative, <laughs> you know, his 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 tolerant companion, and just being like, okay, well, uh, which I'm cool. betting happens yeah. too, because I yeah, don't yeah, tell, yeah. I don't want to tell folks my ATM machine, you know, my ATM uh, number and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, my card number rather. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, and if you're pressing your body into his face in order to reach over to it, yeah, yeah probably like, they you, won't see you. You get my armpit to yeah. the face. Yeah, exactly. Like, if it's been a hot day, I'm so sorry, but too bad. That's how you make friends, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so um, I want to talk about how Braille kind of got established and, like I said, the history of it, uh, who invented it, and what it's become today, and uh, the state that it's in now. So Braille was invented by a guy named Louis Braille. He was born in 1809 in France, a little town in France. And he was born to a uh, mother and father. Uh, the father was a, he made harnesses and saddles for horses. And uh, the thing was, Louis Braille, everybody calls him Louis, so we'll call him Louis. Louis. No. Louis B. Straight Louis, up. B. Louis B. in the hizzy. <laughs> Shoot. Leave Louis be alone. Shoot. Straight up, I know. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> he was three years old in his father's leather shop, and he was playing with an instrument called an awl, A W L. It's an instrument uh, that was used at the time to poke holes into leather. 
Yes, if you let a three-year-old play with a small Lego now, CPS would just parade you up and down the street in social media for being the world's shittiest parent. Right. Unless you had a hard drug habit, in right. which case, then they would just leave you alone. But, so, you know, <laughs> yes, right. you're playing with this all, this really sharp object, and go ahead and continue. Okay. So, basically, what happened is, Num Nuts, Louis, um, <laughs> I shouldn't call him Num Nuts. Anyway. He's three, he, for Christ's sake. <laughs> he was three years old, and he was... He was using the awl on some leather, and he slipped and, and stabbed himself in the eye. Oops. Yeah, that's beautiful parenting, people. Yep. Let your three-year-old play with an awl, a sharp sure. object. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like Patrick said, now you would be under CPS's uh Good thing they didn't so have electrical fast. sockets back then. Well, At least I don't think they did. Uh, oh, I, I think that was before Thomas Edison. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, he played with that uh, and all and stabbed himself in the eye. and But sadly, the infection spread to both eyes. So by the time he was five years old, he became totally blind. So his parents decided to, uh, they wanted to find out, there weren't many resources at the time for blind people, so they, they wanted to get him into certain, you know, a school that could benefit his blindness as well as, you know, help him grow independently and whatnot. And so they sent him to a school in Paris. And um, while there, he learned of a man named Charles Barbier. Uh, Charles Barbier was uh, in the military and served in the war, in some of the wars out there, and he developed a system he called sonography, which basically it was a, it was a collection of, uh, of dot systems that were basically based off uh, using sounds, uh, based off sounds, rather, excuse me. And what it was was that soldiers could communicate at night silently. They would, they would push them into cardboard, like a, basically like a, like a really thin cardboard. I guess kind of what you would think of as construction paper now, as far as I can understand it. Because Braille paper is like, a, it's like an in-between thickness of... Think Manila Manila folders. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, brown paper. Yeah, basically. so I mean, you know, you're pushing dots and dashes into it, and I mean, you know, with a you know, implement of some sort, and it would stick up. So the soldiers would pass this through so that they could read in the dark, so that the you know they didn't have to light a match or a candle and you know keep the enemy from seeing them. Which, as far as I know, in wars, is really frowned upon. You really don't want the enemy to see you. Is kind of a thing they have, but. So they passed them around these messages for advance, withdraw, you know, these kind of things. So um, Captain Barbier was like, well, maybe, well, there's a couple stories. One that he did a lecture to the school and the other is that he was like, hey, maybe these, um, you know, blind students could use them. And a lot of advancements have come out of the military. And as far as myself, like my dad was in the Air Force and just like a lot of advances too. Yeah, exa- exactly. And it's just kind of like, you know, you make your runway, you make a runway so the plane can land and give you supplies because we're going to blow up the one we landed on and you're going to stand here and you're going to make this runway. Otherwise, you don't get to eat. And it was like, shit, how do I, you know, fuck, make it work. And that's, for me as a blind person, that's worked out. So, you know, yes, Mr. L, you know, Captain Barbier, out of the military, you know, you know, war makes a lot of things happen. And he was able to get the system going. Well, but what happened was, so uh, the military didn't quite like it because of the fact that, because it was based off sounds, soldiers really couldn't grasp uh, how to utilize the system. Mm-hmm. So Louis... Uh, also agreed that there were flaws in it, but at the same time, he thought that there was there was a lot of benefit to it if he could get it to work for the blind. So instead of sounds, he turned it into a letter system. Uh, Barbier's was a, a 12-dot system. Louis condensed it down to a 6-dot system. And so, which basically, it was he, he made a bunch of combinations out of that. And basically, it became 64 symbols was what, was what the first uh, product of Braille was. <clears throat> so... Um, 
Louis basically developed the system and made it to where blind people had the ability to, you know, communicate with each other through writing and whatnot and have books. So there are a lot of the books in the school he was at. They weren't even accessible to blind people, yet he was going mm-hmm. to a blind school. Um, so he was able to uh, get a lot of that going for the blind people. But there was this guy named, I believe his name is Pierre. Last name was Dupo. Yeah, Pierre. Yeah, well, it's, um, the, uh, you're talking about the teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there, he became the director eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wanted. He didn't agree with the Braille system, so he actually wanted to um, to see it, uh, you know, abolished and dealt away yeah. with. So basically, it was a secret language for the blind. He didn't like that. And he didn't like that. He didn't like. Didn't either. He didn't like things being covert like that. Yeah. So when he became director, it, it was banned from the school, sadly. Um. But yeah. because they would burn the books. So they, yeah, yeah, they burned yeah, a lot yeah. of the Braille books and whatnot. So. Uh, but like a good idea, it spread like a virus, and it kept going. Of course. So eventually mm-hmm. when people caught on to this, Louis Braille became very famous. And his Braille code was basically the the most accepted co- uh, code throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was through, I mean, there's been some adaptations to it. Like, you know, there's, of course, the English version. There's the American version. There's, you know, the, the French version. The French mm-hmm. didn't have a W. So we actually, uh, when you read the French alphabet, there was no W uh, in their in their code. So the W, uh, so when you see the Braille symbols itself, they look, it looks the W is not like any of the others. It's very much out of place from the rest of the actual code. W for you're welcome. We gave you this W mm-hmm. straight up. Delays letters are nuts. <laughs> yeah. Straight up good old American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so uh, Helen Keller had a really awesome quote. I'm gonna, I don't remember from verbatim, from verbatim, but pretty close enough. Uh, Helen Keller said that uh, we as blind, as a blind, as blind people are indebted to Louis Braille as mankind is indebted to Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, Louis Braille, oh, Louis Braille, he taught this guy, uh, Pierre Foucault, I believe is his name. The guy who was, um, he, he was blind at age of six and he came up with this, uh, he, he was an inventor and he was inventing all these machines. And, uh, one of the machines he invented, um, was the saying it would ink a letter that you typed. It was on, on a keyboard you would type a letter. It would ink it and would also kind of have the raised outline. And that's your typewriter. You know, the things that you guys look at. And he's like, ah, they used those in the 70s. Ha, <laughs> losers. But, you know, I got a lot of stuff done. You know, that was the precursor to the computer. And um, so he, inv- you know, but uh, he also invented the Brailler, which is, you know, it, it would punch holes in paper and make the Braille. So he invented both the typewriter and the Brailler, which is just a stellar example of somebody who invented a machine that basically everybody could use. It's that, you know, just, and, and that's, I mean, that's just mind blowing to me because it just, you know, he, he didn't stop at just like, Oh, I made a thing that blind people can use. Like, no, I, I've made a thing that we can all use. And, you know, he opened the doors for communication for everybody involved and, you know, just for everyone everywhere. And that was, to me, that's just super amazing. Yeah, man. Hats off to, uh, Foucault. Foucault. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's pour a 40 out for him. <laughs> Straight <Can't> up. <laughs> All over Travis's floor. Damn it. Where's our 40? Do we have any 40s? <laughs> yeah, do we? <laughs> Fuck, dude. I thought you were bringing the 40s. Oh, oh hell. We had Lone Star mugs off the radio. So. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, over the years, uh, Braille was, was, was a thing that really caught on very well, and it became adapted, uh, usable in many, many, you know, uh, places for the blind, uh, you know, all kinds of blind establishments were created uh, and Braille was utilized throughout all of them as, as time went on. Um, and 
I learned Braille myself when I was four and a half years old. And I, I, I actually taught Braille at some point for a while uh, mm-hmm. when I worked at Chris Cole Rehab Center. Uh, when did you learn Braille, Patrick? Yeah, I learned it about the same time you did. I was four and a half um, going on just not wanting to pay attention. But um, it, it got through to me. And, you know, just kept going with it. And I think I was grade two Braille by like eight or nine. And and for those of you keeping track at home, grade one Braille is, okay, the letter A means the letter A. The letter B means the letter B. Um, Hold on. Wait, wait. Yeah. Before you do that. That's, <laughs> that's let me, let me, a crazy let me try this answer. Way. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> basically the grade one is, is uncontracted Braille. Uncontracted means you have no symbol. Every, basically every letter that you get means just that letter. Yeah. Then there's a thing called contracted Braille. And that's a different. That's a different part. That's where like uh, like the letter T by itself is the word that, that because the thing is the book it by Stephen King is probably about four feet tall in Braille. <laughs> it's uh, I mean even contracted, double sided, you know, double you know the, you know written on both sides of the page. I mean, it's I mean that I mean you look at a thousand page book like that. And yeah, it can fit in the palm of your hand, but you look at a Braille book and it's just like, man, you need like movers for that shit. And right. that's why the digital stuff is amazing. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But right. it's, um, you know, so so they did as much as they could to shorten it. They have a symbol for the letter the, you know, they have a symbol for the letter this or for the word this. this. Um, I went to school, kids. Um, and so, you know, that's grade two Braille where they, they contract In it. Alaska, right? Yeah. That's your first problem. Straight, yep. Anyway. That'll do her. All that snow. I digress. Um, <laughs> but, but I wanted to describe to you the the Braille cell really quick. Um, yeah, let's do that real quick. Um, yeah. If you take an Excel spe- fuck that. Take Battleship. Shh, A1. Right here. I know. Well, they're not. They're across the... Yeah, but they have eardrums. Anyway. True. You take like... Okay, you look at that. The A... You know, the, you know, you know A1, A2, A3 is... I'm trying to actually. I remember my Excel one, my battle. Let me let me try. Okay, this. yeah, you you take it from there. Okay, so the Braille <laughs> cell is comprised of six dots. They go up and down. Okay, so you have one, two, and three. They go up and down, and the and to the right of that you have four, five, and six, also up and down. They are clumped together, you know, in a cell of six dots. So yes, that's what has happened. So basically, one, two, and three. Like I said, you go down. Four, five, and six. You go down. Each cell is a different letter. Like, say, for example, if I was to write the name Patrick, I would use one cell and just put in R.6. That's all I would do. That means our indica- it indicates a capital letter. Mm-hmm. And the next cell is going to be the letter P, 1, 2, 3, and 4. That's basically how it goes. So each combination goes into a different cell on its own. Yeah, it's two um, vertical columns. And if you look at a, you know, if you look at, you know, like the um, battleship slash Excel scenario, it's A1, A2, A3 is 1, 2, and 3. And then B1, B2, B3 is four, five, and six. It's two vertical mm-hmm. columns. So he's doing dot six, which is, uh, you know, yeah, as he said, that don't request. Yeah. 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 And then Stop. it goes nuts from there. Okay. Um, anyway. So over the years, we have uh, had a lot of technology come, you know, into, uh, you know, into play these days, which uh, sadly, a lot of people think that because of this, Braille is kind of becoming uh, slowly becoming obsolete. And um, the problem with that is, so a lot of, you know, people today use technology as, as every, you know, for everything now. Everything that, you know, there's all kinds of apps that read everything to you. There's all kinds of apps that will, you know, will do any, anything for you pretty Dictation, much. Dictation, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, and then even like, a, you know, books, you can find books electronically now. So, I mean, I admit even when I was in college, I didn't use Braille all that much. 
Um, yeah, me neither. But at the same time, I still used it for certain things. Like I wanted to label some stuff at home. Like that was just kind of quick access. You know, I could read, oh, this is like where, you know, that's what's on this box. Or like that's how like my stove is labeled this way or something like that. Uh, so they think people think that uh, since you have all these applications and all these electronic formats now that you don't really need Braille anymore. But I mean, I, I get it. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, what if, you know, we didn't have all these apps and what if your phone, you know, was to not be there for you or what would you do? I mean, sometimes you got to read certain things or you want to make a quick note somewhere and your phone's not there for you. I mean, there's ways to label things or ways to kind of get around it a little bit. And Braille Braille's kind of a nice concrete way to do it, I think. It's like if somebody just burned all your pencils and pens and you just didn't have that. You only had, you know, just typing on a screen, maybe, you know, that, that kind of, you know, it just, it, it really makes you dependent on technology to the point where, you know, you're, you just absolutely have to have it. And if there's a, a piece of paper and uh, a method of brailing where, you know, if you don't know how to use it, then, you know, you're, you're stymied, you, you can't communicate. So, you know, that, that's the problem with that, that philosophy. Yeah. So we're not saying that braille is like, you must learn braille to be successful, but we're saying that it's a, it's kind of a nice idea to have it as a bit of a tool, you know, to have in your back pocket, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something extra if something happens to you or if, like let's say well you want to find the men's room you know yeah you could probably feel like you know the m e n like in the big print letters that are raised anyway but also you know if you know a little braille that might make it easy too the know? more tools you have in your toolbox the better you're going to be yeah. just wh- whatever you decide to do certainly yeah yeah okay so uh yeah so basically that's a lot of it uh it was uh I think the Louis Braille system was, was pretty concrete, pretty well established. And uh, I mean, of course, it, otherwise it still wouldn't be even mm-hmm. known today. I mean, I mean, he basically died living a legacy behind. He died pretty young, actually. He died He's at tuber- 43. 43, died of tuberculosis. Uh, he died living his legacy behind. And, you know, every year there's a celebration, you know, people do celebrate his life and whatnot and, and how Braille has helped, uh, you know, pave the way for a lot of blind people to be successful. Yeah. Um, However, uh, I read this article this morning about Governor Patterson of New York. Uh, in New York, uh, he stated that he actually never had learned Braille. Uh, he went through life uh, having everything read to him by his, especially in, in his uh, term as governor. He read uh, had everything read to him by his aides and whatnot, and his people that were around him. They read it through like a voicemail system, a voice system of sorts, so he could you know listen to his messages mm-hmm. that way, which I think is fine and good too. But uh, sometimes you know I, I'd like to. I mean. And he he said that uh, basically life to him probably wouldn't have been any easier necessarily if he learned Braille. He said it was it was just fine. His life is just fine the way he has it. My only thought on that is like there again with all the tools that you could have. I like the independent the thought of being independent, like yeah, without having to have something read to me all the time by somebody. Um, it's a very nice idea to have stuff, you know, because. Let's say I find a document online. There's even like Braille systems now, like uh, printers, Braille embossers that could I could print out a document from the internet and I could have it in Braille for me, so I could read it all by myself. Um, well, and it's just like for me, like I didn't hear like I mean now when somebody reads like a book or you know listen to audio book or something like that, I can hear semicolons. I can hear like the you know the end dashes essentially, like how how they you know how how they interpret that, how they read that, and I could not have heard that had I not been reading those things in braille mm-hmm. and i think just the the good thing i like about braille is that it really you know it, it's it's literacy it puts you in contact with 
the amount of articulation that you can use to make your point. And it's the same thing with, with music braille, which is interesting because when I was going to college 10 years ago, it was a very antiquated system. We had, um, there, there was a, a software company, I'll go ahead and not name it, but people could probably figure it out, um, that had three different programs that you had to scan a, a piece of braille music in or a piece of music in, put it, you know, edit it in another program and then re-edit it and translate it into a third program. And it took somebody who was not only a music engineer, but a software engineer to be able to figure out. So it's interesting that literary Braille is so much more, um, you know, so, so much more on the game and up to date than music Braille. And Louis, Louis Braille was both a musician. I mean, he invented both, but one took a lot more precedence over the other. But I will say, getting back to my point that having read braille music i think it you know just you know especially in you know classical music and you know and uh jazz that it really helped me understand what the composer was getting at because if you're listening to it by ear long story short you're just you're only going to be as good as the person playing it now if the person kicks ass you're you're just never going to touch that you know if you're learning john coltrane by ear you're you know he's going to kick your ass end of story but you know, if you have somebody, you know, just just playing your second tenor part for a, a, a piece of music that you're playing in a band, it depends on them kind of how good you are, because if they forget something, you're not going to get it. So, you know, as far as just Braille in general, I really like it from my personal opinion, because it just puts you in contact with the material raw and without a filter, and you're able to get what the composer wants and you're also able to, you know, because you do, you get to interpret it slightly different. But, you know, it's kind of learn the rules in order to break them. So, you know, yeah, again, I I, I can't suggest hard enough to, if you're blind, learn Braille. Give it a try. At least, like, at least yeah. even the bare bones of it, like yeah. the, this uncontracted, the first, you know, mm-hmm. just the letters even. Uh, you could make a lot happen with those. I mean, there's so many ways to do it, too. Of course, there's like the Braille writer we talked about. There's mm-hmm. electronic Braille, you know systems that will make braille happen for you there's the old school slate and stylus which is admittedly it's a bit of a chore to use that thing it's like it's a big metal well it's a slate it's a big metal kind of grid that you load your paper into and you do it all like by this hand system it's really really strange and hard to explain without really showing it to you it has like the reverse dots in the bottom where you like like holes that you would stick um the stylus down into and you'd have the piece of paper in between them Mm -hmm. so you'd be pushing dots downward into the Braille. It's sort of an imitation of um, Louis Braille. Actually, it was interesting that he he did it in age 12. He was doing this with an awl. So he took the same instrument that yeah, took his eyes him. out. And he's like, fuck you! I'm turning this into an opportunity! Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took my eyes. I'm going to fucking take you out, motherfucker. I'm going to give you a, you know, <laughs> you give you yet? a purpose. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of it. Uh, you can use things for labeling. Even it's like, you know, some food rest, some food boxes, making recipes for food. You can label some of your your equipment, uh, things in your house like your appliances, just like ovens, stoves, whatnot. Or you can even just use like tactile, you know, dots to do that too. But um, you can label some of your, you know, books or movies. Or I mean, I've seen people do all kinds of things with braille labels. Uh, certain cabinets where things are organized. Eventually, of course, you would learn them. I'm sure in, in your own house, but you know. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can do with Braille. Uh, I can you can make a quick note, take down someone's phone number. Of course, you can do it with your phone now too. But like I said, let's just think about if your phone's went around. Let's think about when you were uh, when you know we were kids and 
we had to actually go to someone's house to find them. Or like, you know, if we called and someone wasn't home, they weren't home. But yeah. you didn't have cell phones to take down numbers. You had to write down, you had to write these numbers down. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, no one knows anyone's phone number. I mean, I know a couple phone numbers just because I just choose to know somebody's phone number, a few people's phone numbers. Travis is not one of them. I'm sorry, Travis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nor are you, Patrick. But, <laughs> but at least, you know, it's, I, I know, know it's, if I'm ever in a situation, you know, I lost my cell phone a few months ago and I, I actually knew a friend's phone number to call and say, hey, I'm alive, you know. Yeah, but you made her cry, so that makes you a dick. No, because she couldn't find me, so she was uh, sad. Well, yeah. Like I said, you just kind of proved my point. But I eventually <laughs> memorized her number, and I called her, <laughs> bitch. <Anyway>. God. <laughs> Can I fire my co-host? <laughs> anyway. If only she had your number in Braille, your, your, your new one that you got. But what, my point is, like, you know, just think about that. Like, if you didn't have all this electronic access, you know, like, yeah. this all this electronic stuff, you know, what would you do? People, like, people, I hear people all the time talk about how, where, oh, I lost my phone, I didn't know who to call, I didn't know what to do. It's like, well... Know something. No, be, don't rely. Don't put all your heart and soul into your technology. Something yeah. can happen to you. Something can happen, and you might need to have your brain work for you for once. Out of all the millions of apocalyptic, you know, dystopian sci-fi shows, books where technology goes kaboomies, it's kind of like and just food for thought. I mean, it's how permanent is the cloud, really? So let's let, let's just roll with this whole uh, learning how to, you know, just do what you do in the quote-unquote stone age and write shit down because you know it's just going to benefit you one time one day or another right and that's pretty much you know how it is these days guys uh so i i don't think braille should be considered obsolete i think braille should still be around Uh, like i said i mean yeah it's not i don't use it as much as i used to myself but i'm glad that i know it i'm glad that i have it in my back pocket for something uh and i'm glad that when i see it i know it or when i (laughs) When I feel it, I know it. Yes. It's feel familiar it to force. me. Yeah, and when I read books in Braille, I, I get more into it than audio. I mean, no matter what the performance quality is like, I just get more into the Braille. And I, that's why I got in so much trouble when I was 13 and 14. I had a book, you know, on my lap under the desk in school, just reading, you know, just going nuts. And, uh, you know, just it, it took the teachers a while to figure out. It's like, shit, he's reading a book, you know, and it just didn't, you know, sitting there just, yeah, hanging out. Because you can do that with Braille, because Braille right. is awesome. Well, also, like, you know, think about when you're reading a book in print. It's kind of like, well, you can imagine the characters yourself. You can imagine, you can put your own voices, your own sound to them. That's kind of what Braille is, too, with reading. Yeah. It's like, you know, the audio kind of takes it away from you, but mm-hmm. you do it yourself with Braille, too, because you, you're, you're, there again, you're on the same, you're on the same playing field. Yeah. You get that, ac- the ability to, uh, to use your imagination a lot. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, Speaking of that, uh, Travis, we have something for you. We'd like to give to you. We need music for this. <laughs> oh, where did he go? Hold on. This. Oh, my God. This is too awesome. It's too great. This is- <laughs> he walked away for a minute. Our, our producer stepped out while we were yapping. And it was like, What's oh, really out. <laughs> what a tool. You know, yeah, like, we were going <laughs> to give him something, too. There's a room of like, blind you know, people in here. It's like, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, we're going to give them something. And it's gonna I'm going like, to leave now because they won't see me step out. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. Well, <laughs> while that happens. <laughs> while we're waiting for Travis to come back. <laughs> um, so also, I think uh, what would be great sometime, if we can get some, uh, 
leave some comments on this if you can, if you want to, especially people that are that are blind as well that know Braille or anybody yeah. that knows Braille in general. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? You can leave comments on the uh, on uh, on our Facebook or on our um, iTunes page as well, or content pending as well. So definitely leave us some comments because we'd like to know your thoughts on Braille and if you think it's worth keeping around or mm-hmm. how you've helped felt it's helped you or why you even think it's not really worth having anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's all good. I mean, because it's, it's a matter of opinion. Well, I know my big thing is that like, well, for one thing, apparently there's a thing called the Orbit Reader 20 that's going to be coming out that's apparently, it's a Braille display now for um, those of you who don't know, which is probably a lot of you. A Braille display is an electronic um, piece of equipment that it, there's pins, like really tiny pins that pop up that they're, they're, they're pushed up by, <clears throat> God, I wish I knew how, uh, pressure of some sort. They, they form the Braille dots. And it's, um, you know, now they're Bluetooth. And this one's apparently going to be a fraction of the cost. And I'm really looking forward to it um, because, you know, my daughter's six. When I was seven, my dad read me The Hobbit. He read my sister The Hobbit when she was seven. He read my brother The Hobbit when he was seven. So I want to continue that tradition and be able to just go on Kindle, grab the Hobbit, put it on this, uh, you know, Bluetooth Braille display mm-hmm. to my phone, and be able to do that. And if not, it's probably going to cost like, I don't know, like fifty bucks to get on, you know, an actual That's like a long hard book. Braille book. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, not not as crazy as Lord of the Rings, but you know, this is a, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It'd be really nice to be able to sit down and read, you know, kids' books, you know, to my daughter, and just have, you know, be able to go on Kindle. Because the iPhone will do that. I mean, it has a Kindle app, and you just you know Bluetooth that to the display. But if the display is a, you know a thousand bucks at least, it's a little hard to do that. And so that that's a challenge you know that I encounter with Braille as far as you know getting that done. Because you know, yeah, who just has a thousand bucks sitting around? You know, so that's if that you do really, give it to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a you know. So yeah. I'm, excited about this new development and i really hope this comes out soon and that you know it's what it's cracked up to be because that would just be amazing anything to revolutionize braille especially when it seems to be retreating you know in educational circles you know that this would be just a lifesaver for not just myself but for so many other blind adults and children what would louis say right now i wonder Something probably in French that we would understand. He would say, holy shit, y'all cured tuberculosis? That's he'd, so cool. He'd like, say, I want one of those. Can say, I get one of those? He would say mad. Awesome. <laughs> totally say mad. <laughs> he's like, whoa, dude. Yeah. He's not Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles, dude. Lay dude. Lay dude. What? He's French. Dude. Come on. Uh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> that's exactly how that'd go down. Um. Yeah, no, I think he would push for it because he would push for, you know, because that's what he did. You know, because you look at, um, well, for one thing, there's a guy who taught him by uh, the name of Valentin Hoy. It's H-A-U with the diarsy thingy on it. Why? Hoy. And um, I have no idea. How to, yeah. yeah. Well, in 1791, he was a 25-year-old guy who was walking down the street and he walked into this restaurant. You sort of, you know. Um, yeah, the stage and things like that. You know, it was a performance venue. And there were these 10 blind people who were let out in dunce caps, really oversized gowns, uh, cardboard sunglasses, essentially. And they were given violins, violas, cellos, basses. And they were told to 
Actually, I don't think there's a viola. I'm sure that matters. Um, but they were <laughs> scraping away at him. Um, like they, you know, they, they didn't know how to play these instruments. That was the show. It was like, oh, look at these uh, crazy, you know, goofy blind guys. They don't know how to play their instruments and they're stupid. And he went, oh, shit. So he actually found this, um, you know, really the, the only opportunities for blind people were, you know, it was pretty much begging at that time. And probably most of the world, if not all of it. And so he found a guy who was, uh, you know, a kid who was begging. He had, um, he brought him in, you know, uh, paid the, you know, kid what he would have made, and um, carved out letters on blocks, you know, and and taught him the alphabet. And he he had this system. It was the Holy system. And he has he was actually a teacher at Lewis Braille School. Um, he he actually started the school and then taught at it and was forced out, let back in. It was, it was a bunch of drama. But what he would do is he would take wire. He would form it into the shapes of letters put a piece of wet paper on it and it would make the letters. And this is pre-Braille, obviously. Um, this is the thing where Louis was like, thank you, but this doesn't work. And so it'd make these wet letters that you were supposed to read, you know, when they dried up. And obviously water and books, these books just broke like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, it was a very... Um, it was better than nothing, but, but not by really much. not a good system. Yeah. So that's, you know, so that, that was what he was, you know, it's what blind people were reading before then. It was like, what, five books maybe in the whole school. So, yeah, that's... Um, five very broken books. Exactly. So I think in, you know, to, to round it back to what you had asked originally, I think Louis Braille would be like, let's bring on the Braille displays. Let's bring on the technology that is cost effective and will get literacy spread to as many blind people as possible. I think he would love the shit out of it. Right. Oh, guess who's back? Asshole's back. We, we're, we were going to give you something, Travis, but you walked off. <laughs> You're going to laugh when you listen to this? You will. Here you go, buddy. We wanted to give you this. <laughs> yeah. For you and Andrea to, you know. Cool. Yeah, so we gave Travis basically like a card that has all the, the letters and Braille on it in print, too, so he can kind of, kind of like, you know. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, just, uh, yeah, we wanted to get that to you and yeah. say thank you a little bit. I went to a training this morning, and so uh, they gave us out. The, it was funny. We were going to talk about Louis Braille today, and I went to a training this morning, and they talked about Louis Braille. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, damn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they gave us those cards, and I figured, why not? We told Andrea you would write her a love letter uh, by uh, Tuesday, I think. That's what we said. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You need to get yeah. on that. And yeah. go. <laughs> anyway <laughs> well that's really all we have for today guys we wanted just to kind of give you some stuff on that uh, a little bit of history and a little bit of uh, some opinions and like we said uh, leave some comments for us uh, your thoughts a little bit if you want yeah. to about Braille and, or what you know or what you'd like to know more about it or anything uh, but until next time this is Jake and Patrick signing off Content pending.